You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Good to see everybody. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online, uh, my parents across the pond. I want to say hello to them. They're checking in on us this morning. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us from wherever you're at. And just want to clear the air right off the bat. You've had two British preachers two weeks in a row. And I don't know what that means to you, but to me, that sounds like an invasion. Um, we, are, we are here and we have come for your women and for your pulpits. All right, so Pastor Paul was here last week, uh, and I'm here this week, and I don't know who's in charge of scheduling the speakers around here, but um, we're two for two, and I don't know what's happening. Uh, Someone needs to talk to somebody in the office, because you guys cannot let this continue. Uh, We've got a problem if we've got all these British guys coming and and, and trying to speak to you. So just wanted to welcome you all in. Uh, I'm just so excited to be here. Always a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, Like Pastor Tim said, my name is James Williams. I'm a part of High Ridge. I'm just one of you, part of the family, serve here, love living in Longview and being a part of the High Ridge Church and and what we're doing here in the community. Just, Just great to be a part of what we're doing. My wife is on staff here at the church. She's uh, the kids director over all the kids, um, and we have uh, five children of our own, uh, so that's a kids' ministry. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to pass the plate for a struggling family of seven in Longview. Um, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But we just, I'm just, I just love being here. I never take for granted the opportunity that Pastor Tim has given me. Uh, I, just, I love Pastor Tim so much. Uh, you guys all know him. Like he's the big guy up here every week, and I just get to have a, I have a relationship with him that is cool and really exciting, and I just love him and honor him. Uh, he's doing an incredible job of leading our church um, as we uh, try to impact our city, um, and, uh, and I get to be a part of that, and I love it. Uh, so I'm really grateful for him and his leadership and how that trickles down, and the health of his leadership trickles down into the staff and then unto us, you know, as the common folk, right? This is the, where does the church go? Where does, the, you know, the, the, the regular old people? And I'm just so grateful for it. Uh, and I get to be a part of that and sit under his leadership every week. Such an incredible opportunity. So again, welcome. This is going to be a good morning. I'm really excited to share with you what I have for today. I really felt that the Lord has, has given me something for you that uh, I've, I've struggled with at times. Um, and, and maybe you do too. Maybe you walked in struggling a little bit this morning. But the title of my message is called Better Together. Um, that's what originally I was going to title it. But then I felt like other churches use that line all the time, you know. And I'm, I'm, I was trying to come up with a, a really cool name and a really catchy name. So, so when I sent my notes into the office... I said, these are my notes, but the title's up for negotiation, (laughs) because I just couldn't come up with anything that I thought was going to be appropriate. So they came up with Come Together, which some of you may know is a Beatles song. So the British are continuing to take over this morning, so I don't know. But uh, Come Together is the title of my message, and I want to talk about community and the importance of biblical community, uh, what that looks like, where it came from, and what we can do about it. Uh, because I'm a firm believer that if you just come into church on a Sunday morning and this is it for you for the week, we are not getting very far in life. Uh, God has created us to be together. You know, one of the the first lines in the Bible is God created a man to be together. It is not good for man to be alone. And, And I'm a firm believer that community can get you through a lot of things. 
that, that you're trying to do on your own, isolation, trying to you know, seclude yourself from, from the things of the world uh, and from people. Um, God has created us to be together. And I want to look at that this morning, if that's okay. Um, so like I said, Hannah and I have a very full life. We have five children. She's on staff here at the church. I'm involved in a number of things that, 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 that Highridge is a part of. So I'm a part of uh, Unite Leadership, which is churches coming together, church pastors coming together to unite and do some things for our city. And then from that, we have a nonprofit called Transformation Longview, which is where we work with business leaders and we work with the city, work with the chamber uh, to try and develop leaders uh, within our businesses from a biblical perspective. Uh, to get some Christian values and business leaders in our, in our community. Um, and I love to get to be a part of that, and you are a part of that. I didn't know, you, don't know, you may not know this, those of you who are a part of higher Ridge, you may not know that, but you are. Your outreach, some of your outreach money goes toward that, uh, to, to developing people in our city and being a part of what God is doing in Longview, and it's incredible. And I, like I said, I've been here 18 and a half years, and the first little bit of time was tough because you know I was barely a 19-year-old kid, moved all the way from England, didn't know anybody, was unfamiliar with a lot of things going on, um, and then all of a sudden I'm here in Longview. You know, I didn't go anywhere else. Like I came from England and landed in Longview. You know, some of you can't, can't, can't quite believe that story, but it's true. Longview is where God chose for me to be, and then 18 and a half years later, God's done some incredible things in my life. Um, that, you, uh, that some of you know about, some of you don't, but lots of things going on that God is, is doing. And so like I said, my wife and I have a very full life. Uh, we have a big family. Uh, Hannah is one of six kids, and then four of them live here in Longview, so whenever we're together, we're together, and it's a big deal, like big production every single time we're together. You know, we've got it's 23, my in-laws have 23 grandkids. Um, I don't think anyone in the room's got that beat. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that. No one's got that beat. And so we're together a lot. We do a lot of things together. We also have a really good community around us of friends. Um, Hannah and I have some incredible friends, uh, whether they're in this church or they're in the community. We, we've purposefully put ourselves around people that we want to be around, right? Uh, we don't want to be around people we don't want to be around, but we want to be around people that are going to encourage and inspire and challenge us to do better, uh, to look to God in the things where we maybe are trying to rely on our own and try to back off a little bit and we try to do things on our own. And we have friends that come around us, family that come around us and push us uh, to be all that God is asking us to be. Um, and I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up, in, I grew up in church, but my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with the Lord never left the four walls of this building. Um, not this building, of course, but the building that I grew up in. Just, just, if I went, I went to church, and then as I got older, Sunday school, you know, youth group, all the things, did all the things. A lot, of us, a lot of you can relate to. You grew up in church, and you did all the things. You checked the boxes for the week, uh, but that was it. My relationship didn't go anywhere other than what happened on a Sunday or Friday night at youth group. Um, and I look back and think, man, there's so many opportunities I missed, right? Uh, because I didn't prioritize uh, my life with the Lord, I never prioritized his people. You hear that? Because I didn't prioritize God, his people were, weren't, even, weren't even a thought in my life. And I never took the opportunities that God placed in my life uh, when it comes to people and community and friends and family to, to challenge me and look at my life and be like, hey, what's going on here? You need to, you need to punch in the face for a moment. You need to look at your life. And um, so that's kind of the story of, of me growing up. And then obviously I came to the States um, and, and, and immediately it was very evident that 
I'd gotten right with the Lord and the Lord was asking me to do some things, but I still didn't have that community around me. And coming here, you know, completely out of the, you know, out of my element, unfamiliar with a lot of the things going on, unfamiliar with friends, no, not having anybody over here, it was very evident that I needed people in my life. Um, and over the years, I've created that. And we've created that as a family, Hannah and I. Um, and I have friends that, that I look back now, 20, almost 20 years ago, that are still in my life, still in cha- challenging me and you know, inspiring me to do the things that God's asking me to do. And I'm so grateful for people. You know, you can be a lot sometimes. I'll be honest. <laughs> Y'all are messy people. And we all got messy lives. But I know for a fact that I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have people around me. Like I've tried to do life my way, on my own, a lot of times. Um, and, and I, you know, it's a, it's a recurring theme. Like, oh, I can do this on my own. I can figure this out. Or I can get through this situation. Uh, and then really quickly, really quickly, I realized, ah, James doesn't have the capacity to understand, you know, anything that's going on right now. I need some people around me to challenge me, yes. to build me up. And like I said, to punch me in the face when I needed it. Right? We all need a punch in the face. <laughs> punch in the face every once in a while. So I really wanted to look at uh, what the early church did to build community. So if you have Bibles, we're going to be in Acts 2, 42 through 47. There's a few verses in there that uh, I want to go over and then just come out with a few points. So I'm a, I'm a preacher once a year, uh, and I'm doing the preacher thing, and I've got a three-point sermon for you, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to come, and I'm going to give you three points, and I'm going to pull out of this this passage of scripture. So if you have your Bibles, you can carry, uh, read along with me or it's gonna be up on the screen. So this is Acts 2, 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come together as believers and and, and engage in community and fellowship together, Lord. We pray that over these next few moments, you'll speak to us, you'll lead us, and we'll leave here with something that we can apply for our Monday. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we we look at that scripture, as we look at those few verses, um, I want us to to break it down. We'll do a simple little Bible study. Uh, Last week, you had the British theologian, Paul, uh, defer. Uh, this week you've got me, okay? I'm just common folk, just like most of you in this room, so I'm going to be very basic for you today, uh, and we're going we're gonna to get through it just fine. So the first thing I find in this passage of Scripture is devotion. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So congratulations, you've already passed half of the test. You're in church, right? Because I feel like the, 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 according to this scripture, they, they devoted themselves to, to spiritual community, which is the gathering of coming together to the teaching. They were new, early church. They didn't really know what was going on. They didn't know what was happening. So they were being led by the apostles' teaching. They were learning how to live the life that God was calling them to live. But then there's also the relational community that they were building. They were breaking bread with each other. They were eating together. They were hanging out. They were in community, building relationships. 
They viewed community as a context for knowing God and for knowing others. So as you walk in, you'll see some signs out in our lobby and the first square says, know God. As Harry's church, that's the first thing we want you to know. We want you to know God. And the early church devoted themselves to knowing who God was through the, through the teachings of what they were being taught. And that's what you're doing this morning. Congratulations. Pat yourself on your back. You, you've done it. You're learning what God is asking us to do with our lives. But then the second step is the, the spiritual community that they were building. They were hanging out. They were spending time together. They were enjoying each other's company. They were breaking bread, which who doesn't love breaking bread? I'm, I'm a carbo. I'm a, I'm a carbo. I love breaking bread with people, you know? They were together having relationships and they were doing it all around a table. The second thing I find in this passage is compassion. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. These guys were selling their own property if someone came along and said, hey, I'm struggling in this, I need this, I need that. I don't know how many friends I have that would sell their property for me, right? And I don't know if I would be the guy that would sell my property for somebody else. But these guys were so committed to each other and to building a community that they were willing to give up everything that they had, all the other physical things they had, the material things they had, to build relationships with each other. And I just find that amazing. Compassion is, is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. And I feel like I, have, I in, the, in my few years on this planet, that I've, I've noticed that um, people rarely experience compassion if they're not in community. Because compassion is a two-way street. You can receive compassion if you're the one struggling and needing something. But then you can also give compassion when you're in a place to help somebody. And if you're not in community, in relationships with people, you don't really have the opportunity to receive and to give compassion and to, to, be, to have the opportunity to do those things. You have to be around people to know the need and you have to be around people to receive a need. You're not going to be out on an island on your own getting any help if no one's there, right? So we have to be in community because compassion is a two-sided coin. And I see this in another passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark 2. It's going to be the first few, few verses in Mark 2. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not give him so since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So it wasn't, it wasn't the paralyzed man that got him his healing and his freedom. It was the people he had around him. And it talks about men carrying him and taking him to Jesus and four of them actually carrying him. So it leads me to think that there's probably more than just the four guys that were carrying the mat. There was a community of people around him. And he had to be in community to receive that. If he just sat out on his own or laying out on his mat, no one around, not engaging in community with people, then the chances of, of, of him getting his healing, getting his freedom were very slim. Because he was, he's just laying out there, right? 
Everyone passing him by, and he's just sat there looking for freedom, looking for his healing, but it wasn't coming because he couldn't physically do it himself. And then those guys, his friends, whoever this, this, this community of guys were, they had to be in community with him. They had to know who he was, what was going on, what the need was for them to be able to take him to Jesus in the first place. We have to be engaged in community. We have to know what's going on in the lives of those around us so then when we need something, we can ask for help, but then when we have something to give, we can give it. And the third point I find in this passage is frequency. Verse 46 says, every day. I'd like to change that to every once in a while, they continue to meet together in the temple courts, right? Because I'm nat- naturally I'm introverted, so the idea of every day seems a tad overwhelming for me. Um, I'm not much of a, of a get up and go and go meet all the people and do all the things. I have to really push myself to do that. Um, so it says every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Um, so yeah, every day is a big deal. It shows frequency, shows commitment, shows consistency. And that's really where I want to kind of land for a few moments now is because the, the early church uh, met frequently. It tells us every day that they met. And you could argue that they didn't have as much going on. You know, there wasn't as many options for them going on like we do today. But they didn't have as many conveniences as we have today. We, are, we make an excuse for anything. I'm, I got a pocket full of excuses, just ready to whip them out if someone calls needing something, right? Or someone wants me to go somewhere or go here. I got a pocket full of excuses. And I think we all do. It's not just me. I know it's not just me. I know you all do it. And we all start to then use the same excuses over and over again, and we start to get figured out by people. So it's, it's more like I'll engage in community or I'll engage with people unless something better comes along. You know, I've got, I've got stuff going on this week. I've got a busy week ahead. I've got, I've got things to do. School, work's busy, you know, all the things. I'm not going to, you know, it's not in my schedule. It's inconvenient for me. And we've all been there. We've all been wanting, you know, wanting to do something for somebody and then just, I'm nah, making an excuse. I'm not going to do it. We'll engage in community if nothing better comes along. And I said it this way, everybody wants friends, but nobody wants frequency. Like, we all want friends. Like, there's not a person in this room that doesn't want people in their life. Like, I truly believe that. We are, we are wired and created to want to be around people. Some of us will fight and push it off and not feel like, oh, that's just not my personality type, or whatever. But we, we want people and we need people. Like, that is, biblically, we were created that way to need people. But when it comes to, oh, I've got to be consistent in this relationship, like, I've got to show up. You know, if, 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 if you, know, you, look at the, you look at the relationship of marriage, if Hannah and I just hung out every few weeks, I don't see that relationship working out, right? <laughs> if, I, if I just text Hannah and said, hey, you, what are you doing Friday night? You know, and she's like, oh, you know, I've got these things going on, you know, whatever. And, and then it's like three weeks go by, and then I text her again, hey, where are you at? <laughs> that is not a relationship that's going to go very far. And we do it all the time. We want, we want relationship, but we don't want the frequent part. We don't want the consistent part. We don't want the showing up when time's a hard part. So we've got to look inward at ourselves and think, 
relationship's going to cost me. It's going to inconvenience me. And we hate those words. We hate, it's going to cost me something, or it's going to inconvenience me in some way or another. Uh, Frequency means I have to put a community mindset over my individualistic mindset. And culture will, every single day, culture will tell you to think about yourself. If you look outside these walls, they're going to tell you to think about yourself, to hustle, to grind, to go get it. When you look at scripture and you look at what the church is trying to do, they're the exact opposite. It's people. People are going to get you where God is asking you to go. Friendship, relationship, commitment is going to get you there. And today, you know, in today's culture, that kind of just rubs us the wrong way. Like, I don't want to be inconvenienced. Like, I want, I want relationships on my terms, right? Like, I want relationships when I want it, when I want, you know, and I want to be, I want to be able to call you whenever I need you. I need you to show up. I need you to help me move. I need you to help me change this light bulb. Whatever you guys need. I, I mean, I, I need help with stuff like that. That's just the guy I am, unfortunately. But... It just rubs us the wrong way if we, if, when the, the word frequency or commitment or consistency shows up. But I've found that frequency increases intimacy and community. And I'll say that again because that's kind of a, a, lot of, a lot of words there. Frequency increases intimacy in community. Because once you're frequent in a relationship, once you're spending more time, you're getting more committed then it's, it's no longer like an acquaintance, no longer some guy I hang out with or a friend I hang out with. That it becomes family at that point. It becomes friendship at that point. And uh, Hannah and I have, like I said, we have lots of friends. Like we, just, we have lots of family, lots of friends. And I don't know a person that, I, that Hannah and I are close to that isn't either aunt or uncle, you fill in the blank with the name, right? My kids call everybody uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so. It's just the way we've done life. And some of their actual biological uncles and aunts, some of them are in the room. And they get a little upset because they're the ones that put in the hard time. They put in the work. They're at all the family events and all the things and the schedules and the events and all the stuff. Then we've got all these people being called aunt and uncle. But that's, Hannah and I have purf- purposefully done that. We haven't told the kids to go call them aunt and uncle, but we've purposefully put ourselves in relationships that mean something. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's not just going to happen. You're not going to walk in here on a Sunday and all of a sudden, a, a click of the fingers and you're in relationship and you're in community and you're doing all the things God's asking you to do. Like it's going to take work on your part. Relationships aren't just going to get formed out of thin air. Hannah and I are consistently pursuing people that we want to be in relationship with because we know it's good for us. Whereas I'm the introvert in the relationship, Hannah's the extrovert, she's wanting to be out, do all the things, be with everybody. And I have to kind of reel that back in a little bit, otherwise we'd just be gone all the time. But I, deep down, I know it's good for me. I know it's good for me, and it's good for you. Being with people is good for you. Sitting in these rows is good for you. But what's even more important than these rows are circles. In Growth Track, I talk about this in groups, and we talk about how, how church is done in rows, but real life change and growth is done in circles. Because we can have an incredible Sunday morning. Like we do. There isn't a week that goes by that this, this place isn't rocking and jamming out and giving glory to God, right? 
You guys have been here long enough. You know what goes down here. And I absolutely love it. We can, Pastor Chris and Julie can lead us in a time of worship. And then Pastor Tim can get up and give us a, a knock it out the park message. But then if, if, if that's it, if we leave here and nothing changes, nothing happens on Monday, what's the point? Like, let's shut this place down. I mean, I don't have that authority to shut this place down, but let's shut this place down. <laughs> because if we're, not, if we're not making a difference out there, and it's just happening in these walls, forget it. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. And I think Highridge here at the church, we do a really good job of creating community. But I think sometimes we as the people of the church don't do a very good taking the opportunity to be a part of community. Uh, we set it all up. We set it on a teeth. We make it as easy as possible for you. We've got groups going all the time. We've got things happening all the time. And then it's, it's, it's there. It's set out for us. But then it's, it's us. We've got we've to make the step, right? We've got we've to be like, all right, this is going to be hard because I'm introverted and I don't like being around people and I don't want to get involved, you know? And, but God's asking us to step out because he knows community is good for us. So, good. so don't expect to come in here and for your other six days of the week to go as great and as smoothly as possible if you're not engaging in community. Life is tough. Like, can we all agree? Yeah. Life is hard sometimes. Like we go through some, some difficult things. Hannah and I have been through some difficult things. And sometimes we just completely have shut off at times and not let people into those areas of our lives. And it always comes back to bite us, right? Have you found that? The, the deepest things that you don't want people to know about you, eventually they get out. And, and it just comes back to bite you because I'm like, man, I, just, I wasted two years of my life struggling through that all alone. And I could have had somebody with me. And I know that that's some, some things that people deal with. We're in life. We're doing, thing, we're doing hard things with people in life. So Hannah, we get to see that firsthand, the, the struggles that people have, the trials, the people that go through. And we've got to be doing it together. No man is an island. Isolation is not helping anybody. Don't know if you know, there's this TV show called Alone. It's, it's years old, apparently, but I just found it like a week ago, and I'm on season two already. Because I'm an introvert, and I like to be alone, watching alone, binge-watching TV. And, like, these guys are just out in the middle of nowhere with nothing. Like, you know, you've seen the shows where the cameraman follows them around, and they get a little scrape on their leg, like, they've got a med team that will fly in and, you know, patch that boo-boo or whatever. Like these guys legit out there in the middle of nowhere on their own, got to bring their own cameras, set up all the shots and do all the stuff, like completely alone. And I'm like, as much as that sounds incredible, like I would suck because I need people. Like I need to be around people. I need to be in community people. And, and that only comes through frequency. I have to be committed. I have to say, regardless of how I feel right now in this moment, I've got to be around people. I remember when uh, a few years ago, it was time for, we'd gone through, Hannah and I had just gone through the freedom curriculum for the first time, and we were getting ready to go to conference. You know, there's the freedom curriculum, then you go to conference retreat, whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, it's this two-day intensive kind of, kind of covering all the stuff you did during, during the, the curriculum. And it's so we're going to conference on Friday, and it's Thursday and I get fired from my job, right? This is about almost six years ago, so I'm past it. I, I can talk about it. <laughs> and, and some incredible things have happened since then, so I'm, I'm, compl I'm very blessed. But I just remember, like, conferences tomorrow, I get fired the day before. I'm like, 
this conference isn't happening. Like, we're not going. I, t- I looked at Hannah and said, I'm not going to this retreat. No way. The raw emotion of just getting let go, all the things going on in my mind, the things happening around us. I'm like, no, this isn't happening. I'm not going to a conference. This ain't going to change anything. This is going to help me. I, gotta, I want to stay home and mope and cry about it. Um, so we called a couple people, friends that were real close to us, and they just challenged the heck out of us and said, no, you need to go. And I was like, well, I don't want to. But they said, you need to go. So we went, and we had an incredible time. We had incredible people around us. And through that, through actually that small group that we were a part of that went into the conference, that's how I came into the employment I'm in today. But an incredible things have happened. But it was my initial reaction was to shut off and shut down and back up. Right? Yeah. We all do that. We all want to do that. Like, situation hits, fireworks go off, and we're like, woo, we want to back it up. But we called people that we knew loved us and wanted the best for us, regardless of how we felt in that moment, and we pushed through it. And I know the things I've done, the things I've got to be a part of over the last few years would never have happened if I hadn't engaged in community and friends and the people around me. Like I've done some pretty cool things the last few years that I never dreamt of doing, being with people, going places, and just, if I had tried to do life James's way on his own all the time, I wouldn't have got anywhere. And I guarantee that will be the case for you if you continue to be in isolation. I think we all need to be challenged to step out and to engage with people, care for people, love on people, tell people what's going on. I know that sounds horrible. Vulnerability, oh, I hate it. But we've got to be vulnerable if we want to get past some of the things we deal with. Bottom line, like God can help you and he can heal you from, a, from some incredible things. But I think when you step out and speak to somebody about it, There's a whole other level of freedom that comes with that. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is the line. Not giving up meeting together. So in Acts, he tells us they met every day. In Hebrews, he's telling us never to give up. I think he's trying to tell us something, that we shouldn't give up meeting together. It's important. And like I said, you're, you're, you're taking a step. You've already taken a step today. You're here. Like, that's not, that's a big deal. You're in church this morning. You're in, you're engaging in spiritual community. So let's look at three practical steps that we can do this week. Like I said, if you come here on a Sunday and this is it for you, then good luck the rest of your week, right? What can we do Monday through Saturday? till we get to be back here again. What can we do? So these are a couple of things I've come up with. Um, first practical step. So, so let me just preface this. Last week you had the theology teacher preaching at you and giving you some probably very theological practical steps to take this week. Lower your expectations. <laughs> get on my level. Because mine are super practical. All right? So this, this week, I want you to come back next week and tell me. This week you did this. I want you to take somebody to coffee or lunch this week. Lunch, coffee, breakfast, dinner, afternoon tea, whatever, you, whatever floats your boat. I want you to go engage in community with somebody. Like I said, you're engaging in spiritual community now. Let's go engage in relational community through the week. Because this isn't enough. I'll keep saying that. I feel like that's the word for somebody. This isn't enough. If this is all you do every week, it's not enough. You have to be doing something the other days of the week. So go find somebody. 
this week and develop some relational community. Second practical step, serve somebody this week. Compassion. Show somebody some compassion this week. Serve somebody. We all know somebody that's got something going on, right? Like you've all got stuff going on. I get that. I got stuff going on. But I also know a bunch of people that have got stuff going on. And it's hard. And life is tough. And I don't know if we're officially still in a pandemic or not. Like, I don't know the official verdict on that. But, like, regardless, life is still hard. <laughs> regardless of a pandemic, right? Life is tough, and it throws us things that we're just not prepared for. So go serve somebody this week. Find somebody that's got it harder, a little bit harder than you and go help them out. And then the third practical step is the easiest of all. Simple. Begin doing the first two practical steps. <laughs> because that, I got, a, I got a point, let me get into my point, that is the beginning of frequency. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've got to start somewhere. Like maybe you walked in today, community wasn't even something you thought about. You came to church, you left, came back next week, you let, it's a cycle you get into. And that was it. So like, let's draw a line in the sand. Can we do that together today? And say today. Today is when I start frequency in my relationships. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to go out to lunch with somebody this week. And then I'm going to check in on them a few days later. And then I'm going to do it again. I'm going to find somebody else. I'm going to check in on them. And then a few months go by, and you've been engaging community outside of these four walls, hanging out with somebody, drinking coffee on a Sunday morning. Doesn't count for my practical steps, right? Yeah. Let me just tell you that. It doesn't count. I need you to do it outside of these walls. And then a few months go by, and if you come back and tell me it didn't change your life, I'll pay for every cup of coffee you bought during those months, whatever it takes. Because I know for a fact that I could not do this on my own. I know for a fact I wouldn't be stood here in front of you today if I hadn't engaged with the people around me and been purposeful in that and been consistent in that, been frequent in that. We sought out relationships. We didn't just show up and hope that people would say hello to us or, or get, in go, and get involved with us. We had to go find it. And that may not, that may scare some of you, I get that. It's understandable. But deep down, it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for you. It's important. We have to start somewhere, so let's start today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to gather as believers and as friends, as family. We never want to take for granted the opportunity to come together in your name. Such an honor to, to be in your presence today, Lord, and to spend time with you, spend time with our friends. I just ask that each person here, Lord, would just begin to receive from you what it is you want them to take from this. Who's that person you want us to go meet with this week? Who's that person you want us to go serve? Maybe it's a family member or an old friend that, that maybe the relationship's broken, needs to be restored, whatever it looks like. Pray for each person in this room, everybody who's watching online, wherever, wherever they may be. Pray that you speak to us, God. Show us what that next step is. And with every eye closed and heads bowed, we ask this, we sort of one more prayer, one more opportunity for you this morning. 
is, is maybe you came in this morning and you don't really know what church is about. You know, this community that I'm talking about, this body of believers, this, this group of Christians, you don't know, really know what that is and you don't know what that looks like. And, and I don't think you will know what that looks like until you know who Jesus is. None, none, of that, well, none of what I talk about will make sense unless you know Jesus. So we never want to take an opportunity to, we never want to miss an opportunity to, to let you know who Jesus is and for you to say yes to, to Jesus. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to give you an opportunity to repeat that prayer with me. And if that's something you feel like you're, you're being led to do, then pray with me. It's simple, it's easy, it's not any magical formula. You just have to pray and you have to believe it. So just repeat after me if that's where you're being led. Dear Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner, that I've made mistakes and done things that I shouldn't have done. I understand that you lived, died and rose again for me and for the forgiveness of my sin. Today, I ask you to come into my life, take over and take control, and lead me for the rest of my life. Amen. With eyes closed and heads bowed, we're just gonna give you an opportunity to respond. If that was something you prayed, if that was the first time you prayed it, or maybe it was the the hundredth time you've prayed it, it's a big deal and we wanna celebrate with you. If that was you, would you just look up at me, maybe wave a hand? I got you. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? There's a number going to appear on the screen behind me. It's 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll just pray, if you'll just text, I prayed, I-P-R-A-Y-E-D, to that number, the church will reach out to you and send you some information and material that will... Uh, will help you on your journey with the Lord after saying yes to Jesus. We don't want to be a church that leads you to Jesus and then doesn't do anything about that. Amen. Thank you so much, Harrods Church. It's such an honor to be here, as always. If you want to stand to your feet, I'm going to invite the elders and their wives and some staff members forward. We never want to go a week without you having the opportunity to pray with somebody or to chat with somebody about something that's going on. So if you, uh, as we dismiss, as we leave this place this morning, if you want to come down and meet one of these beautiful people, they will uh, be glad and honored to pray with you and and talk with you about whatever it is you, you need. Let me pray for you and we'll get you out of here. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Such an honor and a privilege to be in your presence, Lord. We pray for each person here, each person in the room, each person who's watching us online. We pray a blessing over each person and each family here today. Lord, we pray for the best week ever serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you wanna be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV or you can check out our website at highridgelv.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.